0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn, the show that brings the best from the professional coaching world for you to use in your everyday life. Uh, thank you for joining me, Mark Thorne, and my co-host, Carolyn Owens. Uh, we're both professional coaches. Uh, one of the fun things and highlights of our week is hosting this show, uh, talking to lots of different kinds of people. We love to bring stories of coaching and good coaching uh, to our listening audience so that uh, they understand the value of what coaching can do for them. Uh, We also like to bring small business ideas. That's the second theme of the show. Uh, How do small businesses work? What kinds of small business things are out there uh, that can help other people? And then the third theme, it's sort of become an underlying theme of the show because it's something Carol and I both are personally passionate about is paying it forward. Uh, we both believe in making the world a better place it doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be grandiose uh, but doing things uh, just a little bit at a time uh, really can make a difference in people's lives and make a difference in the in the uh, world. So uh, those are the those are the three things we like to talk about. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Carolyn, how are you?
0: Good morning or afternoon to our listeners, wherever they may be. It is a wonderful, beautiful day in the DMV area, which is the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and happy and excited for another episode of Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn.
1: Hey, you know, you can't leave Delaware out anymore.
0: (laughs) Not completely yet.
1: (laughs) Almost completely, but in any event. (laughs) <laughs> um, as many of you know, I moved to Delaware in 2015. Uh, I've been bouncing back and forth as I get uh, my Maryland house ready to sell. And it's been a uh, an interesting chore, I think, is the best way to, uh, to put it. Um, there's a heck of a lot more work that goes into uh, getting a place where you've lived for 30 years uh, ready for sale uh, than I ever imagined, uh, so it's been a bit of a challenge. Uh, I'm hoping that the house, the house is on the market. I'm hoping it, it, uh, it gets sold soon. Uh, somewhat bittersweet for me, as I said, I, I lived here, raised, uh, raised four children here, um, but <clears throat> it's time for me to move on to other pastures with my life and do some other things. Uh, I was in Delaware um, at the end of last week and uh, actually through yesterday. Uh, worked with a client there, had a great uh, session. I, I do a lot of nonprofit work. Uh, I sit, I'm i President Emeritus of the Calvert Community Foundation. I'm Treasurer of Chesapeake Charities, which is another community foundation. And, of course, I have my own uh, scholarship fund, which I'm the Executive Director of. Uh, but in any event, uh, I was working with a nonprofit in Delaware, uh, teaching them how to do program evaluations. Um and I will tell you that we had a blast um this is the this is the second session of of that that we've done as Carolyn can can attest. I've done a lot of uh program management and program evaluation, which goes hand in hand with being a good program manager. uh so we got to spend a lot of time um talking and laughing and learning and just having a, having a uh, great time. We did. I did some uh, training for them to start with uh, about a month ago, and then uh, last week, we actually did a hands-on workshop, uh, which was a heck of a lot of fun, and they got some very, very useful things done. So, um, I've been busy, continue to work with my my coaching clients, uh, doing, doing the nonprofit work that I so enjoy, um, and getting ready to move. Um, so, uh, it's been fun, it's been interesting, and... Um, Having a great time. What's been up with you, (laughs) Carolyn?
0: Well, I have to say, I guess uh, lately our approaches have been different, as so are our personalities. <laughs> usually, with, with my love of social media and online presence and virtual, I, I guess most of my presence has been in a virtual format of some way. So um, I would say for last night, I gonna say thank you to everyone who participated in the teleseminar last night, and it was focused on the courage to take a risk. I had mentioned it uh, previously on the show, but – we had a lot of fun. Stories were shared, a lot of growth taking place. So look for the next one to be announced before the, the end of this month. Um, and uh, I think I mentioned last time that I had started doing scopes uh, with career leadership and life motivational tips and strategies. And it's something we do weekly on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern right there on the Periscope. And then we do a follow-up on Friday at on 2 p.m. Eastern same time. So you could check me out there on Periscope now at Carol R Owens. That's where I'm at on Twitter too. And if you're following me on social media, you won't miss any of the upcoming teleseminars and the scopes and different things that we're just putting out there. And it's all free, so you get a lot of great tips and strategies. And I'm having fun doing it. So I encourage you to follow me. Uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram is Carolyn R Owens instead of Carol. It's Carolyn. But check those out. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. Well, I, can,
1: I, uh, I continue to learn from Carolyn as far as the whole social media thing goes. But, I, I, you know, Carolyn and I are very different people. Um, we have a great partnership, great collaboration. Uh, we basically, uh, because we're so different um, and take such different perspectives on things, uh, we're able to get to places that other people simply can't uh, because we are very respectful of each other's opinions and, and, mm-hmm. and, and thoughts. And, you know, I think it's a really important thing. I think it's, I think it's in, an important thing in all of your relationships to, you know, not be closed off. Listen to really listen to what the other person has to say. And you don't have to agree, um, but you don't have to be nasty when you disagree. Um, just be respectful. Other people have other ideas, and there needs to be room for all of that. Different perspectives matter, and diversity of opinion and, and, and diversity of thought make a big difference whenever you're whenever you're working on a on a major project. Get all of those things uh, out there, and um, and just use them. So. Do you want to fill in any more contact information? You already gave some. Did you? Did, do you? Oh. Do you uh, want to fill the audience sure in with can. any more?
0: You can find me on my website at infinitycoaching.net, or you can email me at c.owens@infinitycoaching.net, at or text me or call me at nine zero one two one eight seven six six four. We always love to hear from our listeners. If you have any ideas, recommendations, or if you want to be a guest on the show, just reach out and let us know. As we said, we love to hear from you. And, and You can
1: find me. You can contact me at uh, 301-717-1185. Uh, email me at dmforne at verizon.net, or you can find me on social media. Uh, I will admit to spending a lot more time on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter than anywhere else, um, but I am out there and you can track me down. So uh, please do. If you have any questions, you want to talk to us about the radio show, or talk to either Carolyn and I or I about coaching, uh, we'd be happy to do that. Um, so uh, please give us a ring, and I'm I am available on that phone number or. All the time except for the next 50 minutes when I'm available (laughs) only on the radio, excuse me, only on the phone number in the radio studio. And if you would like to call in and be on the show or just call in to listen, you can call 773-897-6124. Again, that call-in number is 773-897-6124. And, Carolyn, I, our guest has just arrived. I'm going to uh, bring them into the studio. If you're ready for that, are you are you ready to bring our guest online?
0: I am. I am.
1: Caller, whose number ends in 2-1, you're live and on the air with on Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello. Thank you.
1: Andrea, is that our, our – I mean, excuse me. Vanessa, is uh, that you?
2: Yes, this is Vanessa.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> welcome to the show. Sorry sorry for the name slip up. Carolyn and I were having a conversation about somebody just before the show, as we always no do. No problem.
2: No problem. But you know, anyway, you guys- welcome to the show. Yeah, I- welcome
1: back to the show.
2: Um, Thank you. Thank you.
1: And Carolyn has the intro.
0: So I'm definitely excited for this show this week. Um, our guest this week is Vanessa Smith, and she – was here back in April but we're definitely glad to have her back. She's a best-selling author, speaker and founder and CEO of Vanessa Smith Speaks and i+ Information System. She's also a veteran of the Marine Corps, United States Marine Corps, and she served her country proudly for over 8 years. So first I want to say thank you for your service, Vanessa. Thank you. So as I was saying she was back, she was on the show back in April. And she was talking about the work she does with her company, iPlush Information Systems. And it's a consulting company that provides insights, strategies, um, top-shelf consulting and direction to individuals, as well as new and existing businesses to help them navigate in the 21st century of of all things technology. So it was a great show. But during that interview, we briefly talked about her new book, and she was about to start her book tour. And hearing about it, I really, really wanted to invite her back to talk about the book because it's a great topic for us to focus on just before Father's Day um, that will be coming up. And see, when we think about Father's Day, or at least what we see in the media, what we see on TV, we see these commercials and everything for these happy, great relationships with the pictures and the barbecues and all the action going on in the man cave. Um, That strong bond between the father and daughter is represented in a lot of the media that we see, that strong family tie. But there are, there are many, many girls and women, too many, if you ask me, who are growing up or grew up without their fathers in their lives. Um, fathers, uh, 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 I hate to say it, but you see it in today's society where fathers have left the raising of the daughters to the mom, not realizing the impact it has on the girl or the w- woman woman excuse me and i want to put that caveat out there you know i'm not talking about these guys that i know that are wonderful fathers that are you know taking care of their kids that are there for them you know quentin morgan you know mark here co-host um greg bryant these are guys i know that are great men that are there for their kids no matter what but as i said unfortunately there are a lot of People out there that aren't These are a lot of fathers and these women and girls Are growing up without that And we don't really understand That impact that it makes And so Vanessa's book Kingdom, Kingdom Treasures The Father's Love for His Daughters Raises attention to the issue And so today we're going to Talk about the impact We're going to talk to Vanessa about her experience And we're going to find out Is there a way That you can bounce back from that first heartbreak you experience. So, again, welcome to Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn, Vanessa.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be back with you. And, Mark, again, I appreciate the invite.
0: So I know how, I want to say, how has, was the book tour? Are you still on it? Or
2: Yes, I am. I'm still on the book tour. Um, we had the book launch uh, a few months ago. As a matter of fact, it was April the 9th. And um, I've been doing some speaking since then, and I will be doing um, a book signing in Erie, Pennsylvania actually at the end of July, which is my home state where I'm actually, I was born and raised. So I'll be doing a book tour there. So it's pretty interesting that I'll be going back there after many years to be there in Erie to do a book tour Mm. or book signing. I'm sorry. Well,
0: that'll be that. I've read the book. So just knowing that going back home, you know, where everything happened. Mm.
2: yeah so what yes i oh, go ahead, no no, go ahead,
0: oh what promoted you what was excuse me, what prompted you to write the book
2: um, I knew I was supposed to be writing books actually, and um and I would be at different places, and, you know, someone would be ministering, and I would hear often, you know, someone say to me, you know, you should be writing books, and I hadn't really even said anything. I was just standing there. Someone would just happen to see me and say, you're supposed to be writing books, and I knew that, and um, I know I had a lot of things in my life that I've been through, and so I thought I'd be writing a book and just really kind of figuring out how to do that and how I brought those emotions up and out and how I would be able to, you know, just put that in writing for other people to read. And as I just um, really just gave my yes to God, I was riding and commuting back and forth a lot and just in traffic for a long time and just really hearing God talking about his daughters and his love for his daughters and just seeing so many different things happening with women, um, relationships they were in, didn't necessarily need to be, not really understanding how they should be treated. And him just really sharing and downloading his heart um, concerning that. And so um, I just gave my yes to it and said, okay, you know, God, I'll write the book, I'll write the book, not expecting that that's what it would be with Kingdom Treasures the Father's Love for His Daughters. And so as he gave me that, um, I didn't know where to start with the publishing and those sort of things. And uh, I happened to be watching a Periscope one night and saw Kathy Kidd, who um, she and her husband actually, um, We Help You Thrive, were the ones that actually published the book. And so, as I said, my yes, God just lined up everything that I needed to just bring the book forth. And so I began to write it, and um, actually wrote it right before the end of, end of the year, and uh, and that's where the book came out of. Just that that heart of God's love, just you know, just His love for His women, for His daughters.
0: It couldn't have been an easy book for you to write.
2: No no it wasn't an easy book to write. Um, I knew that uh, I had a lot of feelings in my in my mind about my mother and her passing and um, but those were personal to me. those were private things to me mm-hmm. and um, I really didn't realize that uh, the part of my father needed to be included as well and It was really in the in the passing of my mother that um, the Lord really began to deal with me about my father, not because there were issues. But um, just relationship, and truthfully, he really wanted me to go deeper in my relationship with him and also even be able to have the ability to speak to other women, to share with other women, you know, where he's brought me, Um, whether it's just seeing me, hearing me speak that, you know, God really wants to love on his daughters. And so um, it wasn't easy to write it, and and what I did was just, you know, uh, pray to him and say, you know, I need you to help me to write this. And so I just quieted myself with him and and just took some time and, you know, just closed myself in a room and and just began to write it the way that he wanted me to just share his heart. It wasn't supposed to be uh, really a deep thing. It was just really his heart. And that's really my prayer is that I convey his heart. And um, so I just, you know, again, my life with him, I just wanted to give what he desired. And so though it wasn't an easy book to share and to be transparent that way, um, I just really wanted to, to please him in the, in the writing of the book. And so just went through the process of writing, and it wasn't really a long process either. So it was just a matter of just spending a little time with him, spending time in worship with him, and just allowing him to show me how to write the book.
1: Vanessa, if, if you could, give our audience a little bit more um, of the background of the relationship between you and your dad? What, what, what worked? How did that work for you two?
2: Yes. Well, my mother and father, they divorced when I was very young. Actually, I don't remember um, much of his time being in the home. And so um, I was definitely a daddy's girl, and that, you know, to the end of my mother's life, she used to always laugh about that and say, you are definitely a daddy's girl. And so they divorced, and my father was in a different state. And so I didn't see him often and uh, remembering him, just my desire and my longing for my father. And so, um, you know, he made promises that he would be there, that he would come back and that sort of thing. And those things just became longer and longer visits to the point that um, I just didn't see him. And And then when he would come, you know, his leaving, his departing, going back to his state Uh, just was very difficult for me as a young girl, and I just found myself struggling in so many different areas. And um, I just really realized that, you know, this is not something that I can really, you know, function in. He continued to leave, and I just wanted him to stay and really didn't understand that whole thing of why my dad is leaving. And so um, at at a point, probably around uh, nine or so, you know, when he left, and I remember one of his final times leaving, in my heart, where I decided that, you know, no more. I'm not going to open my heart to the goodbye, to the process. I would hug him and tell him goodbye, but I was no longer going to really believe that you're coming back. So it was very, I started building up walls at that point to protect myself. And so, um, so over the years, uh, we didn't see each other often. He wasn't around often. And so as, the next thing you know, years pass, and then you're an adult. And, uh, you know, I went into the Marine Corps, as Carolyn said, and just grew as an adult and um, as a strong, independent woman that my uh, mother had raised. But, you know, speaking to my father, holidays, birthdays, that sort of thing, um, seeing him from time to time, but not on a regular, consistent basis. And it was something my mother always encouraged. If, if I hadn't talked to him in a while, she would always say something like, hey, have you talked to your father? And um, sometimes I was resistant. Uh, concerning that, and at that time, I was an adult, so um, she never wanted that relationship to be broken, so uh, she always encouraged it, and she always encouraged him as well to reach out to his children, so that was pretty much the dynamic, and then really realizing after my mother passed away that um, my father was there, and he was uh, one of the pallbearers at my mother's funeral, but after that process of her passing away, I began to realize I didn't really have a relationship with my father. And so uh, I talked to my mother every day. So in speaking to my father, it was here and there, and him still being alive, I just realized I didn't really have a day-to-day relationship with my father.
0: Now, were you an
2: only child, or
0: were there siblings that were affected as well?
2: Yes, absolutely. There were seven of us, and so yeah, seven. There were seven of us, and uh, you know, and all of us in some form in ministry. And so we were all affected by it, but it's very interesting in writing the book, even myself, that some of those feelings have started to come out. And, um, you know, so it was very interesting that God would have me to write the book and, um, and to share it. And this was just my process, you know, God bringing me through this process this way. And I think everyone in my family, they're different about how they're going through it and, and expressing it or not expressing it, actually. So, yes, there were seven, seven siblings. Have they read the book? Um, some of them have read it. Um, I don't know that all of them have read it. A couple have uh, mentioned it back to me that um, they had some of the same feelings, which I didn't really realize, and it was never expressed. But um, some of them have, yes.
0: And how did it bring? Did it resurface certain
2: feelings for them? Um, I can't really. Say. They, um, because they didn't really uh, communicate that back to me, um, I did speak to one of my sisters, and she was the one that shared to me that um, she didn't really realize that I felt that way and that it was the exact way that she felt. And so, um, you know, that was kind of a surprise to me because I was just writing from my heart, but she was saying she was feeling some of the very same things and that she was, um, she was proud of the book and, um, and I did have one of my brothers come up for the book signing when I did it in April here in Maryland. And, um, you know, just he expressed, I think it's difficult for males as well as females because I have a combination of uh, sisters and brothers. And um, it's different how we express. And I think also when you deal with a lot of this hurt, um, you have different ways of dealing with your emotions or expressing them. And for me, I built walls. And um, I was very strong from what people saw in me. But um, I blocked off a lot of areas because I didn't want to be vulnerable to any of that. And so I think we all in our own ways dealt with that and as adults deal with that. And so uh, it was great for the things that I have seen of my family members where um, one coming to the book signing and actually seeing this reality, and then also that same brother, he actually bought a few books from some other people. Um, in his state, that he felt they could benefit from the book. And so some of the comments are silent, but um, I do see it in their, um, their approach for just them being present as I've done some of the book signing.
1: So what changed between you and your dad after your mom's funeral?
2: Oh, my dad. My dad is a pretty funny guy. My dad is in it is just turned 85, actually, on June 1st. And so... Um, I had an opportunity to bring my father here um, my sister and i have a sister i live with in maryland and um I just i just really felt led of god to bring my father um here because traveling the distance and things like that i didn't really think it was possible and it was just um god just really putting in my heart to bless my father and my father remarried so um, he and his wife both came to maryland and spent some time with us and um, it just really uh, allowed me to see him. It allowed me to see him. There was no anger or anything like that. It was something that, that God wanted me to do and I was glad to do. And so being with him, I actually, it was, you know, pretty funny seeing him for a week and seeing some of my mannerisms in, in him and realizing, wow, my dad does that too. Or, you know, just seeing this is what my dad likes for breakfast or those sort of things, which were, you know, really powerful moments. And also seeing him in um, his humility, realizing that he made mistakes. And um, and truthfully, I wasn't asking for him to correct anything. And so that wasn't really our conversation. It was really about loving on him. And so we have a consistent time that we speak, and um, he actually will do video calls and things like that on a regular basis. So he prefers to do that actually over the phone now, now that he learned how to do that.
1: So um,
2: awesome relationship. <laughs> yeah, he prefers it. So when I hear my iPad or my phone ringing, and, you know, his face pops up. So he loves that. He he loves that, and he loves being complimented because he's, he's very sharp, actually, so for him to be doing that right now, um, you know, is an awesome thing, and it's awesome to be able to see him across the states and um, just love on him, and, and that's something that has been established since then, since him coming to Maryland and since my mother passing away, really developing a relationship with my father. It's been, it's been awesome That thought it was been pretty awesome
0: I, I want to back up a bit for a second and I want to talk about your, your parents were married and got divorced at a very young age for you um, yes. and, and your mother was left as basically the head of the household when when your father left what changed for
2: your mother Wow interesting yeah for my mother uh, my mother always I always thought my mother that she was a very strong woman. Um, I think as an adult myself and seeing life now on this side of things, that she really struggled, but she never wanted us to see that. And so for her, she was left to raise all these children and, um, you know, financially support us. We had uh, grandparents, her parents, that we stayed with a lot during the summer when she was working and things like that. And, um, they were definitely an aid to us. And both of them were pastors. And so, um, for her, she remained single. My mother never remarried. And, um, so, and I look at it, i look at some of the things, the sacrifices that she made for her children because she always wanted us to have something. She always wanted us to have an experience. Mm. So, um, for her, I think she, um, you know, she took on that burden of raising her children, you know, keeping a, keeping a home for us and uh, just trying her best even with what she had to make us always believe in which I think we thought we had more than we really realized that we did. We didn't really have a lot as far as finances and things like that, but it was always a blessing to see the strength of my mother. So she was a very strong woman, and um to see her, Struggle and really realize I think more as an adult I think when we had conversations about that and the mistakes that had been made and that sort of thing um, she did she struggled you know she struggled in life, and not to have someone else there also to help you know bear that burden, I think was very difficult but um again she you know she stood there and she held that family together, so it was you know a pretty traumatic loss when she and i think for some still you know it's still processing even now that to to not see that force in
0: the family i mean i think that's often the case a lot in situations like that where the mother has to step up into a role and a lot of times she may have not worked in the past especially with having having to raise seven children um, and having Mm -hmm. to shift that whole mode and how do you manage the children school everything that's taken place but it's often that and i don't want to use the word burden, but the responsibility that ends up falling Mm -hmm. on her and that, watching that, seeing
2: that, how did that impact you? Um, As a child, again, she protected us from a lot of that. And, um, you know, but as an adult and um, seeing her, you know, later on and understanding that, I thought, wow, you know, she really... She she was always, you know, loving her kids and giving up for her kids. And so um, for me, it definitely, um, you know, I had my mixed feelings about that because I didn't understand the part of, you know, my question was, why isn't my father here, that sort of thing. But really realizing that, um, you know, all things do work together for good. So I, I, I found it difficult to watch at times. And, you know, and at times my mother and I bumped heads as well because I think, Um, in personality, in some ways, and in appearance, I can be like my father. And so I didn't know that behavior, so um, I didn't really know what that was for her. And so to understand it more as an adult and said, wow, you know, you're looking at, you know, my father through me or all these different things. And so um, we had our difficult times, but... God really made an awesome relationship with my mother and and allowing her to be able to share some of her past and things that she experienced. So um, it was very interesting to see it, to grow up through it. Um, I didn't realize how much my mother, you know, was really dealing with and looking at things now to see someone raise seven children. Uh, Mm -hmm. She didn't have an easy job. She did not have an easy job, especially when you have three girls and, I'm sorry, four girls and three boys. And so she definitely had her work cut out for her, but she was a mother that was there.
1: What's been the impact of your book?
2: The impact of the book has been great. Um, And I say that because um, not just because of sales or anything like that, but what I love about the book is that when people read it, I hear the stories of, just the different relationships with the father. I hear people saying, um, you know, I cried, you know, adult women saying, you know, I cried like a baby when I read your book. Um, The person that actually published it when he, I did an interview with him, and he just said, I cried all the way through your book. Um, It's been awesome. And then when people come back and say, I need a few more books for someone else because Mm -hmm. they know other people in their lives that have experienced this, to me that is just, um, that's tremendous because, I wanted it to change lives. I wanted it to touch hearts. I wanted people to be healed um, from the things they had been through. And so it's not just female. It can be for male as well, because I think in the process with my father, that my father was restored as well when he came here and stayed in Maryland, that, you know, we didn't have any anger or resentment towards him. So seeing that restoration happening in the family um, has been tremendous. So there have been so many things that have happened as a result of the book, and I expect many more to come. But just seeing someone's life changed or realizing that someone feels like you felt or, you know, there's a way out of that, or coming back to talking about a book. The impact has, um, if that happened for one person, I would have been pleased. But to hear the stories uh, over and over again that it has truly touched someone's heart. Um, I can appreciate that and just really um, just humbled by it, really, and just thankful for that that's taking place.
1: How does your dad <laughs> feel about the book?
2: My dad, we haven't really talked about the book, actually. So um, that is something that will be happening pretty soon. Um, we, I've tried to reach out to him to talk to him about the book. So um, that's something that's still a process, and even also wanting to uh, feel the right time to talk to him about it because it's not something that is um, an indictment against him or anything like that. It's just it really is more about my relationship with the Heavenly Father. Um, The part of restoring relationship with my father is really, you know, what God wants anyway is is restoration in families. And so um, that part of we haven't really talked about. We've talked about through this period of time, Uh, mistakes and, you know, at different times he may apologize or just say, hey, you know, I made mistakes and I wasn't perfect and that sort of thing. But um, I expect the the response to be well um, with him, and and that's pretty much about it right now with with my father, where he's concerned.
0: You know, oftentimes um, women who experience the absence of a father or, you know, infrequent visits, they try to fill that need elsewhere, um, be it in a uh, relationship with, you know, a sexual relationship, intimate relationship, or seeking that mm-hmm. and you know, finding that uncle. Excuse me, <clears throat> uncle, brother, you know, someone who fills that need um, of that father.
2: H- how did that play into your life? Um, well, one of the things that um, that I that I speak about also in with the book kind of speaks to us as well as about being rejected. And, and that's something that I felt I grew up with is just being rejected. And so for me, it didn't really play out that way, um, uh, and a lot of women do, and I've talked to a lot of women as well sexually and that sort of thing. I think for myself, I think I was more uh, closed off. I also think that, you know, by God's protection, he shielded me and kept me from, from a lot of that. Um For me, I definitely had uh, my guard up, I think, in a lot of ways where relationships with a male is concerned. Um, I think a big piece of my life is that um, not just being raised in the church, but even when I came out of the Marine Corps, that I was connected to awesome church and awesome pastor. So even at that point, I think was such a good place for me because I actually began to see a father in the family, his family, and um, him being a spiritual father to me, I was really able to see a father, and just begin to get an understanding of that. And so um, that has been that was actually for a long time, over twenty years, that I was connected to that church, I'm still connected to that same pastor. And then the church I'm currently, and also again being able to see a man of God also um, loving his family and being a loving father. So a lot of that I was covered. Um, I believe covered by my pastors in the church and um, my relationship with God and even relationships I found myself in with males that I shouldn't have been. I think some of those relationships staying in those relationships um, I think was because of not really understanding what I deserved as a, as a woman and as a female and not really hearing that from a father. So some things you stay in just to be loyal and just to be faithful. But um, my relationship with the Lord going forward in all these years has really been telling me that, you know, you really have to understand your self-worth. You really understand who you are. And over the years, as I've understood more and more who I am, um, there's just no acceptance for that type of relationship or being those type of relationships. And so God has really been my father, and and I remembered uh, being in a relationship, and at, at the end of it, I remember, you know, just hearing in my spirit that, you know, God, telling me. I will keep you as long as you allow me to keep you. And so in that place, I realized how broken I was. And so coming out of that relationship um, and hearing those words and feeling God's love um, over many years, I just began to stay in that place. And so I didn't really go the direction of, you know, um, a lot of sexual partners and that sort of thing. But I um, definitely was blocked off to a lot of emotions when it came to relationships. And that wasn't just, um, male, it was female as well. You only let people get so close, so you don't really turn it on and off. You know, you're know, you locked in as well. You're a prisoner as well. So that's what I found in my life that I was um, a prisoner to that. And I felt uh, rejection in, in lots of relationships. And so either way it went, I definitely went through um, feeling a lot of my life feeling rejected. And so along with this book, I know I'll be writing some other things as well, but really coming that And coming to a place of being able to stand as a, you know, as a confident woman of God, knowing that, you know, God loves me beyond, you know, what any human being could ever do. And so I, I rest in that, and I just, um, and that's a daily walk for me. It's a daily walk for me. So when I'm unsure, um, I just listen to his direction because he really, really is a good father.
0: In, in your experiences now that you've been speaking about the book and going on the book tour, uh, with women who've read the book have have they talked to you about their the toxic relationships or a, a lot of times they end up with men that are unavailable um that they can't really have they're married or they're miles away or uh, you see the women who or fall for the guy who they is never attainable because they, he's he's they, you see it on Dr. Phil where they're not really who they say they are, and you're communicating them through some kind of method where you'll never really be a presence in his life, and they get in these situations. Do you see a lot of
2: that along
0: the, the tour and the women that have been reaching out and talking to you about the book?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely, um, absolutely. And and one of the things that I that I'm running into, too, is that a lot of women that are single – And they're dealing with what you're talking about as well. And and this goes across the board with women that are are Christians and women that are not. And, you know, some just feeling like I'm running out of time and so I need to be with a person and um, some, you know, believing a promise from God that they will marry and being angry about the fact that they're not married, you know, at this time. And, um, yes, I'm running into quite a few people that just really feel that. And I'm glad that it's bringing to the surface because, you know, until you're really ready to deal with that stuff, you know, and there have been layers and layers of this healing process that have taken place in my life. And so um, sometimes people think, well, yeah, I'm ready to jump into this relationship, but they don't realize they just bring all of that baggage with them. And that, you know, until you really deal with a lot of that stuff, you really don't have the capacity to be in the relationship that you think you desire anyway. Because when you don't know how to handle, even when someone's saying I love you, um, and you've only experienced rejection, um you going into that relationship for myself personally. I know that I have found that I have tried to sabotage it because I didn't believe it, or I just really couldn't accept it or it got too close to those places. And of course, somewhere in the back of your mind, of course, when your father leaves, you think, well, you're going to leave too. And so I think that was a big thing for me, whether it was a relationship with a male or a female. when I got really close to them, I think, Somewhere back in my mind, there, or my heart was that part of, but you're going to leave. Eventually you're going to leave. And so I definitely um, talk with a lot of women, and I try to be as honest as in the book and just really let them know sometimes it's not really about the male. It's really about, or the man, it's about you dealing with what you need to deal with on the inside of yourself, and that God always desires to do that. He, he wants our hearts to be whole, and so it's a process. And, and he knows how much we can take at one point in time. I went through phases of, you know, this place of what happened in my past. And, you know, God brought me through that. And then once that process over, then another process started. But this was all leading to me having a whole heart and really being able to, to open up to other people and to really receive the love that God had for me. And so when you have all that stuff, you have the past, you have the baggage, you have, you know, the bondage of different things, how you think, and you're comparing yourself, which is another thing that I find with a lot of females um, that I'm talking to is that they're comparing themselves to others, um, and they still have a lot of issues about, you know, their skin color. You know, I'm darker than this person, or, you know, I'm not this shape, or I'm not that shape. And these are things that I think when your father says something to you, it just, lights you up and, and you just feel like you can just take on the world regardless of you know what your skin color is your height your shape and all those sort of things and so there are a lot of um, issues that I hear that are just really like little girls just wanting to hear from their father you're accepted you're loved um, you're beautiful you know it's not a lot it's just those things to know that you hear that from your father and um, you know and I don't believe it's too late for those people that Possibly their father has passed away, those sort of things, because God really does want to be the father. And what I did realize also was that I couldn't really appreciate God being my father until I really dealt with the relationship with my father.
0: As you said, you, you, we've talked about your father left at, um, you were young, a very early age for you. And so mm-hmm. you grew up into adulthood. And a lot of women that do that will suppress the issues and uh, deflect it on something else, um, and mm-hmm. it it may not even come up until you see certain things happening within your marriage and it's affecting it, but you really don't realize the root cause is the lack of the relationship that you had. You didn't have it with your father. Um, yeah. For for those people, when you know, we encourage them to. Have that the, the open communication and begin to talk to the spouse or the partner about it. A, a good thing is that they give the spouse a copy of your book and say, "Hey, just read this," mm-hmm. and let them read it mm-hmm. first. And that can Absolutely. begin to think, "Hmm, wait a minute." And once they read it, because it's a short read, um, it, it, I read it. I sat here. Um, I got the online version, sat here and read it, and went through it. And really, if if that they that spouse read the book and then it's a great way to begin the communication, the discussion and have encourage the spouse to be patient as you walk through Absolutely. it because it can erupt into a volcano and really tear the family structure up if you don't address it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. And it is, it's it's just you know, so important. And like you said, I think it is a good tool. That's why I said I don't want people to think it's just for the female because sometimes you don't understand why that female. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in relationships, well, they didn't understand um, why I was not emotionally available. I, mean, I was in the relationship and I'm a faithful person and all that kind of stuff. And I do the things that a woman would do, but, you know, but I was not available, you know, and sometimes we want to pin it on the male, but the fact is I was not available. And, um, and it is a good tool for, for several sides to see, you know, this is what's happening. And I think, like you said, it is a good conversation piece because you do absolutely have to be patient with a person that has gone through all of that. Because, you know, if you just have that part of the person's leaving, you know, the person's going to reject me, my father left me, all the, I'm not worthy of that, I'm not worthy of love, and all those things that you go through, um, even when they're doing everything that you seem to want, it's still not going to satisfy that person who's still broken. So what it is, is the, a, good, a good conversation.
1: What is the biggest yes. thing that the book has done for you?
2: That the book has done for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Um, the, book, the book has done for me. Actually, the book has helped me, I would say, to begin to really tell my story. Um, one of the things that someone said to me, which was kind of interesting to me, a couple of things is that that I was very transparent in the book. And um, that wasn't so much my intention. It was just how, you know, God gave me the book. And so uh, one of the things I did is I'm a speaker, and so I've been in a program for the past year um, with my coaches. And one of the things is really telling your story. And so for me, that, again, was a process because it was digging deeper into Vanessa, into who Vanessa was. And I always knew. I knew I had a story. I knew I was supposed to speak. But, still having all those things and really stepping out into them and telling my story has still been difficult. you still, you know, you're kind of shaky. You know, do I trust this? Do I trust this process? Do I trust this group of people? And um, one of the things that it has done for me is definitely begin to share my story to um, just really share the love of God, which has been tremendous for me. And just really experiencing myself is definitely giving me a different level of of confidence and just, I think, just a greater uh, belief and understanding of how far that I can go and just how much God really loves his daughters, how much he loves us. And um, so he's allowed me to share that. He's allowed me to experience more of it. So it really has been I would say a life changer for me because this is not the place that I'm used to being in, but yet it is the place I'm supposed to be in. And so it has definitely been a life changer for me.
1: When you, when you, would you, speak? you speak about the book, what, what's, okay. what, would, what would you do with the book now if you had the chance to, to make it different?
2: Um, I don't think I would, uh, I thought it was going to be longer. It wasn't. Um, I don't think, you mean changing like the content or something like that? Whatever. Um, I think with the book, there will be others, um, of the books. One of the things that uh, was mentioned to me is when will you write the next one? Uh, will there be, uh, this could be a series, that sort of thing. I believe there will be some more. Um, I just, there's some things I thought I would have gone more in-depth with, and um, that wasn't really the way that God directed me to do it. So as far as the content itself, I'm um, I'm happy and pleased with the book as it is. Um, the part of sharing more, I think that's going to come through other avenues. There are some things that uh, I desire to do and put together, and, you know, as Carolyn mentioned before, I me, mean, there's so many women. And so there are other things that I want to do, and I believe that um, – you know, coming together to do workshops to bring women together to be able to share their hearts, share their hearts, and, and move forward. So between the uh, speaking and that sort of thing, I think the book itself, I'm pleased with the book. Um, and, and the biggest thing was it, it was really just obedience, and I believe that, uh, you know, God gave it to me, and that he gave it to me when it was final and the final chapter, even though I thought, oh, maybe I should, you know, go more. Maybe I should go deeper into this area. That, was, that really wasn't what he wanted. And I think, like Carolyn mentioned, is that um, people want to read something and get to a place, get to an answer, get to something that they can do. And so that's how I was directed to write it, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm pleased with it. I don't think I would add or take away anything from it and just look forward to uh, what's to come after this.
1: How can when people speak- get a copy of the book? How can, they, how can they contact you? How can they get a copy of the book?
2: Um, They can get a copy of the book. The book's available on Amazon. Uh, It will also be on my website, which is uh, www.vanessasmisspeaks.com. They can get a hold of me on Facebook at Vanessa Smith Speaks or Instagram, Vanessa Smith Speaks, and Twitter, Miss Vanessa Speaks. So um, any of those avenues, they can reach out to me, and I can get the book to them, or they can order it also on Amazon.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. When you speak to audiences, um, mm-hmm. when you when you're talking and you're, you you encourage people by telling them choose to be resilient. Yes. How does being resilient relate to the book?
2: Well, the resilient piece comes in because of the rejection. Um, one of the things that I think has been key for me is just is just feeling rejected. Um, you're, it's a big piece when that person that you're looking to and um, you know it's huge or life to you and that person rejects you, you feel like wow, you know if this person rejected me, then you know how do you measure everyone else? And so the the resilience piece is a part of my life. It's who I am. It's the story that I tell. It's being resilient. And so for people who are stuck, sometimes they don't know they're stuck, and then they hear a story like this, and they say, wow, I didn't really realize all of that was inside of me. And so the resilience piece is about helping them to move forward. You know, there is a place past all of that. And a big piece about this book, too, is about forgiveness. And so even though your life didn't turn out the way you thought it would, you can still get up and move forward. You can still walk in your potential. You can still walk in your destiny. And so that's where the piece of resilience comes in. That we are so resilient, and um, nothing without God's help. But we are—he's made us resilient, and so we can get up again. Some people don't think that they can move forward. Some people don't think they could have a healthy marriage. They don't think they can be loved. They don't think they can do some of the things that other women do that have a father or had someone esteem them that way. But You know, the part of being resilient is just really tapping into that part of of you. And so I try to encourage people and bring that out of them to realize how resilient they are. And
0: And one of the the subjects I do uh, speak on is forgiveness. And Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things for people to do is to forgive themselves. And a lot Mm -hmm. of women um, that – didn't have a relationship with Christ uh, go through a different path as a reaction to not having their father's parent uh, presence that, that absence, and they take a you know, whole different some get in, involved in drugs or alcohol or um, they're promiscuous and just the different behaviors that occur. so w- looking at that path behind them, it becomes so difficult for them to mm-hmm. forgive them, forgive themselves and even to love themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: what would you say to them?
2: Um, that we all have made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And, and receiving that, you know, the forgiveness, the part, like I said, again, is that you're, you're holding yourself hostage along with trying to hold that person that hurt you. Um, and then when you realize that um, it really comes with receiving the Father's love, Because as you receive his love, he's just filling, what I found is he's just filling your heart with his love, and and that begins to push out the other things. And, you know, the part of forgiving yourself is just really believing what he said. Um, It's our responsibility to believe God, not to um, change the people or change the hearts of how they believe or what they did for us, but to believe what he's saying about us. And so those were some of the places where I began to feel release, to to hear that, to, to read God's word, what he says about when he says you're beautiful, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And just really hearing that, hearing that, hearing that to a point something happens and a blood takes place. And you're like, wow, you know, maybe I am. And then also surrounding yourself with people and even praying about God put the people in your life that need to be, that can encourage you, that can encourage that and, and help you to forgive. And so I try to be as honest with people when I'm speaking with them and just – or people that he just draws to me and just share with them the love. As he's shown it to me, I try to show it to them. And, you know, people ask, how do you get to that place? And I said, it's a step-by-step. You know, it's not like you jump and you go ahead. It's a process. And so hearing what God says, if it's that one scripture that's saying, you know, you're beautiful, that God loves you, just hearing that over and over and over again and allowing that to begin to push out the other things that you've heard, other things that you feel, and just staying in the process with God because he has a process for every one of us, and he knows what we can take and what we can't take and how we need to get to that next place. So everyone's not built the same. Everyone doesn't, you know, handle pressure the same. And there are so many different people. There are people that you would look at them and see them and say, wow, that person is beautiful. And not realize it. then you start talking to them and you start seeing their heart and find out how insecure they are, you know, that piece that they missed. And so for me personally, I try to love on people whenever I meet them, try to share words of encouragement as God has encouraged me and brought me to this place and just show them what he says about them. And so um, it's that part that you can move anywhere understanding who he says that you are because we're always being compared in the media We're always being compared, you know, wherever we are. We're looking at someone else saying, why don't I have that? Why am I not married? Why don't I have the children? Why don't all those different things instead of really making God our focus and believing what he says about us, which changes your life. It just absolutely changes your life. And it has changed my life to the point that understand that, yes, both same promises are available for me, you know, that God does love me. And even the part of forgiving yourself, every one of us have made mistakes, whatever it is. You know, and God doesn't measure it that way. Well, you did drink and, you know, you had sex with someone that wasn't your husband, all those things. God still loves us and wants us whole. And so that's what I try to share with other women.
1: We are inside four minutes in, left in the show. And and I don't know if you remember this from the last time that you were on the show, Vanessa. Carolyn always gets the last question or comment. So, that time.
0: I actually, okay. did, uh, it's it's a comment this week, and uh, I just kind of want to sum things up for our listeners. And I want to ask that our fathers do something this Father's Day. So, again, her book is Kingdom Treasures, the Father's Love for His Daughters. Just Google it. It will pop up. I encourage you to purchase it. Allow your spouses to read it. Or give it to a gift to someone who you know could use it. And I just want to remind you that Psalm sixty-eight five says, a father to the fatherless—that um, is one thing that I think is—it it resonates for with so many people. But you got to remember that God is the father to the fatherless. So for mm-hmm. those who don't have their fathers with them anymore, remember that. But for those fathers that are out there listening, I ask that you give your daughters a gift this Father's Day. Um, my father passed away a little less than two months ago. And I can only remember him ever telling me I was beautiful once. And I won't say how old Mm. I am, but I just remember one time. So I asked you, fathers, today on Father's Day, tell your daughters they're beautiful. Look them in the eye and tell them that. Mm. The impression and what it will do for them will be amazing. So I thank you, Vanessa, for being our guest with us
2: today. Thank you so much,
1: Vanessa. Thank you for being on the show, Carolyn. We got under. Thank we you. got just about two minutes left.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to wrap it up here real quick this time.
1: More. So, Carolyn. <laughs> if it ain't book.
0: <laughs> Make it better. Have an awesome, blessed week, everyone.
1: See y'all next week. <laughs> we <laughs>